very emotional both both trips we went to the dungeons and we went to last bath both trips very emotional um but during the last bath we had to elect someone to be the leader to throw the the salt into the fire so they asked like you know who is born on tuesday and is a male and i was looking around and i didn't want to raise my hand because i had already done the naming ceremony so i was like yeah i don't want to take up too much space but i was like I am Kuturunku. So I rose my hand and then Nitete was like, ah, Papo, mm -hmm. you're the one. <laughs> you're going to be the one to, to throw the, the salt into the fire. Uh, apparently being born on Tuesday means you're born from the planet of Mars and you're a reincarnation of the God of War. Welcome, melanated, merry millionaires in the making and friends to another impactful episode. We're about to go through and highlight a melanated married couple or just go through some lessons that we got. Make sure y'all tap in with the conversation. Queen, where can they go to tap in? TheM4Show.com. Yes, ma'am. And make sure y'all follow us on Instagram. Queen, where can they follow us on Instagram? TheM4Show. Now, if y'all haven't liked and subscribed, it would make the queen very, very happy. If you can very. go ahead, very, very. What, what should they do? You should go ahead and go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, mm -hmm. Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're watching or listening. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It's free and your first step to becoming a millionaire. Go ahead and click that button. And uh, let's get into the show. Let's do it. I'm back. He's back, y'all. Back, welcome back to the M4 show, Melanated Merry Millionaires in the making. I'm your host, Devon Travel, creator of Black Wall Street, the board game. And it is a pleasure to be right next to my beautiful, my locked up, my amazing, functional, anesthetically eyed queen herself. Please introduce yourself. What is going on? On my people, mm -hmm. my name is Sinclair, aka the health nerd. Uh, happy to. I don't approve of these vocals, by the way. I'm, I don't know what happened while I was gone. The vocals all of a sudden came back, but go ahead, continue. You want to know the amazing thing about that? What, what is the amazing thing? I don't care. Yeah. <sighs> Welcome back, Devon. <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, we are excited to, to be back in person. Uh, full full energy right mm -hmm. full energy i know the past two episodes y'all been hearing my my tired voice probably jet seeing lagged, my tired uh, face jet like i'm almost back to normal almost yeah not not quite back like, to normal the past couple of days it's been like 6 6 30 p.m he's like Sweet. i'm so tired <laughs> i feel like last night it was a little bit later i feel like it just gets a little bit later each day on when he starts to feel really mm. tired so yes you're almost there oh almost there um let's see what do we want to do first the did you know or the small business promo queen small business promo. small business promo okay well i love it what we are promoting today is mrs b's table mrs b is out here providing hot meals and drinks to homeless just to get them a little bit more engaged with the resources available so that they can be self-sufficient if they choose to be if you are interested in supporting the mission of decreasing the amount of homelessness we have out here or really just providing resources and hot meals to people in need make sure you tap into mrs b's table.org or you can follow Mrs. B at Instagram. You see the Instagram right there. It is MRS underscore B underscore table at Mrs. B's table. Um, let's let's go ahead and throw up the official mission because I 
I did my remix on it, but I want to make sure we we give Mrs. B her dues, right? So, Queen, if you don't mind with your amazing aesthetic and functional eyes. <laughs> uh, so, Mrs. B's table uses home-cooked meals and cold drinks as a bridge to get the homeless individuals uh, across the resources that they need to become self-sufficient if they choose to. There it is. So again, you can go to mrsbstable.org and donate and make sure that you are doing your part however you can to support folks in need. Now, Queen. Yes. Before we get into this amazing episode, which I'm going to try my hardest mm -hmm. not to go over. Jair, you, you help us out on your side. I know the Queen's going to help us out on this side, but we want to go over five reasons why you, that's right, you need to visit Africa my experience was in Ghana specifically, but I think you can have a similar experience going to other places in Africa. Very excited to get into it. I'm going to try not to go over. Queen, hit them with the did you know so we can get into this amazing episode. <laughs> you're eager. You're eager. Um, I am. I am. <laughs> well, today, I know part of what we're will come up is, you know, busting some of the myths about what Africa is like, right? I think sometimes we, a lot of the, the media portrays Africa in a certain light. Mm -hmm. And we're going to talk about an actual experience um, of traveling to Africa and what it is like to touch soil in the motherland motherland mm -hmm. uh, for the king. Of course, my time will come, but the king has done the, the honor of mm -hmm. doing that first. And so we're going to talk about it. But what I want to do is bust another myth. Mm -hmm. So especially as it relates to weight loss, one of the suggestions that gets thrown around and tossed around, we've seen it on TikTok and Instagram and, and on, you know, even some, some health experts say that one way to help with weight loss is to chug a bunch of water before you eat. And so that will kind true. of fill your stomach so that you don't eat as much. Now, in theory, that sounds like it will work. It does. But I want to actually bust that myth here that that may actually be doing more harm than good. It is actually, so let me throw in the did you know? Did you know? There we go. <laughs> One way to actually improve your digestion is to not consume too many liquids while you eat. So it's actually better to focus the meal time on just eating and saving drinking, even if it's just water, saving drinking water for about 30 minutes after your meal. So the reason why our stomachs are acidic, they're are arguably one of the more acidic parts of our bodies. And because that's they produce stomach acid and stomach acid is what actually helps break down the proteins. It's what helps produce enzymes that mm. help break down the food that we eat. Um, now, if you drink a bunch of water before food ever touches your, your stomach, you are diluting that stomach acid. So there's not, a, there's not enough stomach acid there to actually break, break down the food. So it may help food just pass through your system a lot quicker, but it may not actually get digested and assimilated. It's just passing through. Mm -hmm. And that can actually lead to things like bloating. Things like, uh, you know, digestive issues, constipation, diarrhea, um, and malabsorption of nutrients. So even though you're eating, right, you can be eating the healthiest meal. If your body's not actually assimilating and breaking down those nutrients, it doesn't matter. It's got to pass right through you. All that vitamin C, all that magnesium, all that iron passing right through you and not actually getting absorbed by the body. Uh -huh. So. Long story short, I know I, there was an actually a research study done to prove uh, that 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 kind of proves this. There was a research study done where they drank eight glasses, eight ounces of of water, and tested the pH of, of, of folks' stomachs, and they saw that instantly, within one minute of drinking an eight ounce glass of water, the pH of the stomach jumped above four, where where we want it to be before consuming a meal is one or two. 
So again, you can see how instantly after drinking even eight ounces of water, we see our stomach start to become more basic and that is going to make it harder for us to digest your food. Mm. So try your best, chew more. If you if you feel like, man, I, it's hard for me to swallow, focus on chewing more. That's where the, the, the breakdown of the food process starts and save the water for about 30 minutes after your meal. If that doesn't work, if you still need some water, just limit it to eight ounces. So again, it, it's not doing, and drink it throughout the meal, not before. Kind of just break it up throughout the meal. A couple sips here, a couple sips there. So it's not just at once, you know, coming and really diluting that stomach acid. There it is. The did you know busting down myths today. Uh, the lesson there is don't be basic. Don't be basic. <laughs> don't be basic. You want your stomach to be acidic so they can break down the food faster and and similar to to that i feel like as as a black man in america as an african-american the the culture that i have been gifted has been diluted mm, right the, the culture of being african the culture of being from the continent where civilization and humanity was birthed has been diluted over generations of being forced to assimilate in america right so in order to stop me from being basic stop y'all from being basic you need to travel back to the source Right. Get that pure culture, get the unadulterated culture so that you can know who you are and you can really consume the nutrients of the culture of Africa. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about, again, the five reasons why you that's right. You right there need to visit the continent. Queen, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get into the episode. Over 50% of Black Americans are unmarried, and only 2% of Black families in America have a net worth over $1 million. We are on our journey to not only join that 2%, but grow that 2%. Facts. I'm Devon Travell, creator of Black Wall Street, the board game, with my beautiful co-host. I'm Sinclair, a.k.a. The Health Nerd. And welcome to the M4 Show. All right, we are back. We are back. Uh, if you are watching live or on the replay, feel free to drop your questions below and we will get them answered as soon as possible. I know a lot of us haven't had the opportunity to travel to Africa. So to be able to ask questions and just dispel even more myths, hey, we're, we're here for it. So make sure y'all drop it. Uh, I want to start off by introducing my new name, in case you didn't, didn't know. Who is you? Right. So by the name that I was given by a, a royal family of the God tribe, it was the merging of the Ashiri people and the Sempe people. They formed this amazing, huge royal family, which I am now a part of. So my name that I was given is Ni Papo Samwa Kuthurunku. Hmm. One more time. One more time for the people in the back. Ni Papo Samwa Kuthurunku. <clears throat> All right. Oh, here here we, we go. go. Ready, oh, ready y'all? Oh, goodness. Ni Papo Samwa Kuthurunku. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, so that name kind of loosely translates to chief firstborn son who is a strong leader. How does it feel to be a chief? It, you know, it feels cool. I was I always call myself a king. The queen calls me king, but yeah, it's different to go to the continent, somehow be blessed to join a royal family, 
and then somehow be given the title chief? I feel like it's, I mean, I would just imagine it feeling a little bit different because obviously I know you, I know mm. you very well. So it's like, of course you're a king. These are people who just met you. So somehow they were able to 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 kind of get a reading of you and you were, they were like, yeah, you're a chief. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like literally the, the chief's dad in the back room of the naming ceremony, uh, it's, just, it's just me, um, Na Adoko, who is another person who just got named with me, our amazing person who did the whole tour. Shout out to Abba Jerry. Ni Tete, again, shout out to Ni Tete, who was our tour guide throughout the time. And then five chiefs. Mm-hmm. It was just us in the back room. And he looks at me. This is after I got my Ni Papo Samwa name. He's like, Kuturunku. Did you think he, Kuturunku. What did you think he was I was, was like, saying? I'm in trouble. <laughs> it does sound like he's cussing at you like, or something. I'm in trouble. I don't know what I did. In my, I, I was wearing Nikes at the time. Did I mess up? <laughs> Was I not supposed to wear Nikes? This is Adidas only family. I don't, I don't know the rules here. Um, but then they translate and they're like, that means strong leader. Like, that's that's going to be your nickname. Your nickname is going to be strong leader. So yeah, long story short, it felt, it felt great to get that external and continental affirmation of my leadership and of my, my chieftaincy. Um, there is another chieftaincy it is it is is an actual word it is an actual word it was on flyers and everything while i was out there (laughs) so if i'm wrong they're wrong that's (laughs) that's all i'm saying um but then there was another ceremony where we went to the last bath and someone was uh selected the last bath bath was a ancestral place where our ancestors were taken to take their last bath before they were then sold and forced into slavery Mm -hmm. So they would go to this this place, this river, take their bath, and they would walk miles barefoot until they reached the Cape Coast dungeons. And that's where they were auctioned off and sold. Very emotional, both both trips. We went to the dungeons and we went to the last bath. Both trips, very emotional. Um, but during the last bath, we had to elect someone to be the leader to throw the, the salt into the fire. So they asked, like, you know, who is born on Tuesday and is a male. And I was looking around and I didn't want to raise my hand because I had already done the naming ceremony. So I was like, ah, I don't want to take up too much space. But I was like, I am Kuturunku. So I rose my hand and then Nitete was like, ah, Papo, mm-hmm. you're the one. <laughs> you're going to be the one to, to throw the, the salt into the fire. Uh, apparently being born on Tuesday means you're born from the planet of Mars and you're a reincarnation of the God of War. So again, it's another kind of leadership mantle. So there's a lot of a lot of signals, a lot of signs given to me throughout the, the trip, which is why you need to go. You need to visit. I'm gonna hop into to reason number one why everyone I think needs to visit the continent, and that is to plug into the source. Mm-hmm. We had the opportunity of taking our ancestry and queen, yes, running through your your ancestry. You know, you don't have to give exact numbers, but I remember some some points. What were some of the nations, continents, civilizations that were on your ancestry? Um, Ghana was on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't maybe like 12 percent, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, Mali, the kingdom of Mali was on there. Hey. Um, where else? I'm going to just Nigeria. Was Nigeria on was on there. I did have some I had like 30 percent. Uh, it was twenty two percent British, twenty two percent 
yeah, like Northern European England, and then 8% Wales, so about a third like European. Um, and then, yeah, like a little bit of like Congo, there was uh, Congolese. Mm, yep. I think and, that was about it. And I also had the privilege of doing it. Uh, I, forgot, I think someone got it for us for our, our Christmas gift. Yeah, your parents. So if you've never done Ancestry before or 23andMe before, mm -hmm. I think it's worth it, especially if you're like, I don't know where I'm from. I don't know my history. Uh, maybe you're not as connected to your family tree as you would like to be. Do your ancestry. It's great to just see like, oh, I'm 43% Nigerian. I'm 22% uh, Ghanaian. I'm 9% Mali. Like literally most of my DNA was from the kingdom of West Africa, kingdom of Mali. I always read Mansa Musa. I always, you know, vibe with my Nigerians and Ghanaians. And this is the reason why. Mm -hmm. So plug into the source the fact that i was able to see my dna and then go to where my people were from getting a little tangent here a little bit mm -hmm. not a lot bring me bring me right back queen okay but we've talked about how when you travel every place i think has a certain frequency mm -hmm. right you travel to thailand it feels a certain way you come to america it feels a certain way because of the culture, because of the lifestyle, because of literally where it is geographically, I think every place has a specific frequency. As humans, I also believe that we are similar to computers, right? Our DNA is our source code, our, our culture is our source code. So to be able to reach your full potential, at some point, you need to plug into your source code, mm. right? So learning your DNA, seeing all the places you're from, I think it's beneficial for you to actually visit those places, touch that soil, touch that water, breathe the air, tap into the frequencies of that location so that you can download whatever was meant for your DNA. Now we're getting a little, little, little far fetched, but that's just what I think. Queen hit me. You know, just further dry your pull aside if you need to, but uh, further, further down this rabbit hole a little bit, slightly, slightly into the, conspiracies a little bit but if mm -hmm. you think about it i feel like what you said there's a lot of truth to that and mm -hmm. i feel like people know that mm -hmm. which is probably why we were taken from that place mm -hmm. in the beginning right mm -hmm. we're a powerful group of people yeah. and certain people may know that yep. and feel that so how do you how do you dampen a people a group of people's power you take them from the source yeah, and make it harder for them to get there yep. right if we think about even like the idea of traveling to Africa, it's probably one of the more difficult places to actually Lit get to. Literally. Right? You got to get a visa. The, the the flights are not even as easy, right? Uh, it is way cheap. easier to go to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> right? To go to Italy, you go to Spain, anywhere you go to China, else. anywhere it is easier and more affordable to get. Yeah. Um, but keeping on track with that analogy, when you have a, a tree and you cut a branch off of that tree, what happens to that branch? It dies. It dies, right? Slowly but surely, it eventually dies. And I feel like until you reconnect to that tree, you won't be able to bloom and grow the way that you were truly meant to bloom and grow. So that's, again, no matter where you're from, do your ancestry. And I think you should tap into where you are from and experience that culture. Yeah. All right. So that's number one. Plug into the source. Number two, and this is what we were just talking about, is... You need to go there so that you can debunk some of the stereotypes and propaganda that have been fed to us living in America. Yeah. Living in America, there's tons. And Quinn, I want you to go through no judgment, at least one stereotype that you learned or that was taught to you of Africa. Mm -hmm. um, I know me watching the, the infomercials and like National Geographic, it was, mm -hmm. oh, 
in Africa is lions and tigers and bears and the people are living in huts and there's flies going on everywhere and there's no food at all and there's barely any trees and forget about internet or civilization. Right. That's the image of Africa growing up that was given to me through documentaries, through, again, watching TV, all that stuff. I'm, I'm going to debunk it in a second, but Queen, what is or what are some stereotypes that you grew up with you know, about Africa? I think definitely that like the lions and tigers and bears thing, like that, mm. that they're just like walking the street. Like we see donkeys here, like, <laughs> <laughs> like dogs, like they're yeah. just a- around like that. They're just, you know, and, and, and obviously I know they're present and there are certain areas where they are th- thriving, mm. but it's not like you're going to open your door of your hotel and see a lion walking down the street. Um, but that's, I would, I would freak out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but that's kind of what I thought it was like. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, to your point, kind of like huts and even like the, the, I don't even remember what organization the in the arms nope. of the angels, <laughs> oh, right? It's like, and, it's and, not, and funny, not, but it's funny. and not that that's not a reality. Obviously that is a reality somewhere, but that is not the majority, mm-hmm. right? That's not where, um, that's not the entire continent of africa that is not a representation of the entire uh, continent of africa so um yeah i was definitely kind of thinking like everybody over there is struggling Mm -hmm. rather than like they're a thriving group of people yeah so with 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 their with their struggles still with their struggles just like just like america right Right. there's places where there is poverty in america there's places where there's people with million dollar homes and and houses right same thing when we went to to ghana so there's Hotels, like the queen said, literally five star, beautiful hotels with great food. There's museums, there's cars, people have cell phones and Wi Fi. Like it's a normal city, and you walk around like it's a normal city. Public transportation, taxis, Uber, Uber Eats, Glovo, like they're, they're, they have their own Uber apps and stuff. So please don't, don't think that when you travel to Africa, when you travel to Ghana, it's going to be huts and nothing but dirt like no it's going to be a city it's going to be a normal traveling experience depending on where you go depending on where you go now i will say even within accra there were again segments of the city that were a little bit poverty stricken right so for example jamestown this is the more urban side of accra very underdeveloped and when you go there there's no huts but there are like concrete shacks if mm-hmm. you will and you we got a chance to kind of walk through the neighborhood a little bit and it is you know a little under underdeveloped and i think that's the closest that i saw to the typical africa mm-hmm. where it's like there is some poverty there are people making food in the streets there are people laying in the streets and stuff like that but again in accra and cape coast and other places it was a vibrant vibrant culture and developed culture so you will see both sides to the coin but the point is it's not all eyes of the angels when you go out there to accra or to ghana yeah yeah Yeah. um another myth that i want to to debunk is for some reason i think growing up and they they put this this stereotype on black people in general but also on africans that we're we're lazy Mm, that we don't want to work uh, that we're, we're incapable of working which is interesting because if you think about why would you enslave a group Hmm. of lazy people Hmm doesn't make sense right logically these stereotypes do not make sense but then literally as soon as you touch down sinclair everybody's hustling Mm. right 
everybody's hustling from the uber drivers or cab drivers the bus drivers to the people that are carrying waters on their uh on their heads with no hands just gracefully walking through traffic Sheesh. you want some water you want some bread you want some like this boom they got it um from people selling paintings hand carved masks like literally everybody's hustling everybody's selling and there was so much creativity we got a chance to go to the art district in accra and this is kind of like a like a swap meet and the queen's already smiling because i spent money at the art district Mm, mm, mm. jair it was so bad there was so much good stuff so much creativity paintings masks jewelry shirts it was bad but again i think growing up we're taught that oh africans or black people want handouts we don't want to work for money but then you go there and you just see entrepreneurs and business people everywhere being creative and selling Mm -hmm. Um, so much so that, you know, myself and, and Baba Ernie, one of my elders, we were like, how can we bottle this mm-hmm. and amplify it even more? Because mm-hmm. there's so much untapped talent that we that we saw. I mean, we didn't even see everything, but there's so much untapped talent. And they could be easily. I don't know. Mill- millionaire might be a strong word, but successful. Right. With the the paintings that they're doing, the fabrics that they're able to, to craft up, the fashion easily you can have a six-figure business if you were in america Mm -hmm. or if you had access to a shopify page you can sell e-commerce but they're disconnected from one capital Mm. like credit isn't a thing out there getting a business loan isn't really a thing out there disconnected a little bit from uh e-commerce and be able to ship things places because we know flying into africa very expensive shipping things from africa also very expensive. So there's just a few barriers in their way from being the entrepreneurs that we are in America. Mm -hmm. But you take that hustle and you put them in LA, you take that hustle, you put them in Brooklyn and Atlanta and Chicago, they're popping. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that was another one. There's so many more, but I'm going to pull myself out. Yeah. Go ahead, Queen. All right. We're going to get back to the episode in a second, but breathe. If you've ever had a brilliant idea, I'm pretty sure everybody just took a breath right there, right? Because we all have amazing ideas. But I got a question for you. What's stopping you from taking that idea and actually making it into a business, actually executing on your brilliance? My name is Devon Travell. And in 2018, I was able to create, market, and sell my own product while still working a nine to five. And through the years, I've taken the lessons we've learned the expensive webinars that I've gone to and the dozens of business books that I've read. And I've discovered seven simple steps to launch your business. If you're ready to take your business idea to the next level and make it real and start making profit from your passion, head to www.launchitcommunity.com and grab yourself the book. We've been able to make it very simple, affordable, and easier than ever to start that business while still working your nine to five. And we take entrepreneurs every single Friday and we we talk to them. We teach them about how to use social media. We teach them about how to set up their Instagram account, how to use Shopify, how to use Printful and other tools that can help you take your business to the next level, but not take tons of time away from your nine to five and your busy life that you already have. So if you're ready to take that idea to the next level, make sure you head to www.launchitcommunity.com. Get yourself a book and join our free accountability calls. Now, let's get back to the episode. I think what what just came to my mind was to your point, like what we as a people, how how different we would 
be, how different we would be operating just here on this continent mm -hmm. if we all got the opportunity to go and tap in mm -hmm. in the motherland and to see the hustle, right? Like you're yeah. saying, like, oh, this is this is what we do, yeah. right? We are out here and we we work, we hustle, we are creative, we do these things. Because again, a lot of the narrative that is um told here in the in the, in the states um is that we don't do any of those things. Um and that we we you know we we're just looking for handouts like you said. So I think it's um it can just do something I think for the soul to just see like the potential of what our people can do when we know our our power. Right. Yeah. And it's beautiful to see because when you go there and mm, oh wait, this is this is a, this I think is the next one actually. Okay. Okay. This, this is the next one. I'm getting ahead of myself. But long story <laughs> short, yeah, it is beautiful to see. Uh, I do see some folks watching live. We appreciate y'all. Make sure you like the video and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're not already subscribed. And of course, this is an open dialogue. So if you have questions, if you have comments, if you've been to Africa before and you want to share an experience, feel free to put it inside the comments, and we will share all that. That makes sense. Yes, kind of. Yeah, eh, fell off a little bit at the end. Oh, well, number three, <laughs> Sinclair, number three on the five reasons why you, you and you should go to Africa. What is it? Number three is to observe African culture mm -hmm. and how it relates to your own culture. Mm, love it. So I'm, I'm going to give two examples. And then, Queen, if you have questions, hit me with some questions. Um, but we were we were walking through Jamestown and someone one of the the locals made a comment like oh we know you're from america by the way you walk hmm. you're like what and they were they weren't talking to me because y'all y'all know i got the swag walk <laughs> you know what i'm talking about they, they weren't talking to your boy um but they're just like yeah you walk very smooth and level like where you're from the streets are smooth uh and you have nice cushioned shoes you have nice cushioned mm. shoes so you can walk smooth because your environment allows you to walk smooth. Mm. But when you're in Jamestown, when you're in other parts of Accra, if you're walking on the beach of Jamaica, right, you can't, you literally can't walk smooth. You have to walk with a little bit of swag mm -hmm. because you are adapting to your environment. You have to kind of watch where you step a little bit because there could be some rocks or things in the street. So it's just it's interesting to see even where our walk right. could have came from. Right. right. It came from our environment. I think today we have smooth streets, but we still choose to walk with a little bit of a, uh, mm -hmm. a little bit of a little bit of swag with it, you know. And it's interesting to see where that may have come from—not even a conscious decision, but an environmental decision. Mm -hmm. um, number two, and I think you're gonna like this, and all my other amazing melanated black queens are also gonna like this. Um, but we got a chance to hear from a full panel of queen mothers, mm -hmm. and they kind of talk through the roles. And the responsibility that a queen mother has, not a not a black woman, not an African woman, but a specific person who is given the title of queen mother. Mm -hmm. Before I get into a queen, did I already tell you this story? I don't know. Good. What what role or responsibilities do you think a queen mother would have? A queen mother. Um, I would think like maybe spiritual roles mm. on like. Um, I don't know, helping people with their spiritual mm -hmm. journeys. I like it. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> Demerit. <laughs> um, so they have a lot of responsibilities, like almost as much, if not more than the king does. Wow. 
and to keep keep in mind right well we're we're, we're gonna talk about that in a second we're, who are we gonna get there um but there's the queen who is the king's wife mm -hmm. then there's the queen mother interesting it's different the queen actually does not have too much power or responsibilities they are the queen they just sit there and look pretty they just sit there and hopefully they're blessed to look pretty yes the queen <laughs> the queen mother is technically when it comes to political power above the queen okay. right so the queen mother first off is responsible for choosing the king wow right so the queen mother first foremost and this isn't in every west african culture this is specifically the one of the tribes that we talked to but they were in charge of choosing who the next king is going to be hmm. number two they're in charge of raising the men and children of the the tribe of the village of the family to make sure that they know the history of the family the language spiritual practices so you weren't you weren't far off there i see you um and they are taught how to conduct themselves as a king hmm. right so from from birth if you are of royal blood you are given to this queen mother and they teach you all these things they literally groom you from birth hmm. to be king and then eventually one of y'all are going to be chosen they're also in charge of education. If anything, if there's any like beef within the family, you go to the queen mother. You don't go to the king. You'd be like, hey, queen mother, this is what's going on. The queen mother will try to solve it herself. And if she can't solve it, then she'll pass it on to the king. Um, what else happens? And, and a few other things. Right. So it was just <laughs> interesting to go ahead, queen. You have a maybe a, an admirer or a, someone from 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 Ghana ah, there. Ajiri, ni Ajiri, what's going? And they on? spelled it out. Whew. So this is my man from Ghana. I know. I, I mean, this was my roommate. Oh, this was my roommate. Okay. Hi, roommate. Ajiri. Good to see you. What what time is it out there? Oh, it's nighttime. Majo. Hey, hey. Majo. <laughs> I can um, tell me some things. I did. I did teach a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was just interesting to see the responsibilities and the roles that a queen mother has in traditional Africa mm -hmm. and then see the roles and responsibilities that black women play in America. Mm -hmm. And I feel like and you, you let me know, but I feel like most black women assume the role of queen mother, basically. Right. Like you're you're handling the, the beef within the family. You're educating the, the children. You are almost in charge of the spiritual development of the kids. You're teaching them the manners and how to be a man, how to be a woman. I feel like we have a lot of queen mothers yeah. within the African-American community without the title. And they haven't gone through the official rites of passage and all that. But it's interesting how those roles and responsibilities have been subconsciously passed down black women generation to generation mm -hmm. um how you feel about that i mean yeah it does sound very similar the role itself sounds very similar of like the the mother of a household mm -hmm. um yeah that i mean yeah, it's, I, I don't i don't want to say that's where it came comes from but it could be it, it very well could have came from that i mm -hmm. think um because we don't know what type of traditions were passed down out of survival, right? When our ancestors went through the slave trade, when we had to come to America, there could have been, and very well statistically were, queen mothers mm. that were forced into enslavement. So, and then when they got to America, my responsibility hasn't changed. Right. My tribe may look different. It may be a little bit um, fractionized or what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Divided, mm -hmm. broken up. That's not the right word, but 
um, I'm still going to assume the responsibilities that I would have if I was home. Mm -hmm. So I'm still going to act like a queen mother here. I'm going to see who's going to be chief, who's going to be king within this family, within this group of people. I'm going to teach my daughter. I'm going to teach other people how to be queen mother. This is how you move as an African woman. Yeah. I think it's very possible. I think the interesting part of what you said is that the queen mother chooses the next king. Mm -hmm. That's a huge responsibility. So right. technically, like you said, like that's a lot of power, mm -hmm. right? That they have. Um, and yeah, it just shows that, um, you know, that's a very big decision that needs to be made. So there's um, a lot of responsibility, but also a lot of um, like, there's a lot you need to, be able to see within that group of people, right. And analyze within that group of people, like, okay, personalities. Okay. Who's got the the characteristics of the, of a good King, right. Um, who's going to really take on this role. And, um, you know, yes, the King is the one who then goes and, and, and does the, the work, but mm. the, the queen is who decides who gets to do that. So mm. I feel like they almost have more power. Yeah. <laughs> so I got two thoughts off of that queen. One is, the only person who can technically disagree with the king is the queen mother. Hmm. Right? So if the king makes a decision, he's like, all right, every Tuesday we're having po' boys. Overruled. The only, yeah, the only person who can be like, ah, actually, king, <laughs> hate to break it to you, but uh, this is what we're going to do on Tuesday is the queen mother. Right? Because technically, again, the queen mother put the king in that position to begin with. Mm -hmm. Number two, it's interesting reflecting on this saying behind every strong black man is a strong black woman. Yeah. Yeah. Where does that come from? Yeah. Right. Literally behind this King is a queen mother who put him in that power to begin with. And it's interesting. The dynamics with, with men and women is the, the King is technically at the forefront, mm -hmm. most visible. And, you know, we'll, we'll, put out the actions but the queen mother is the one who's on the ground with the people learning all this stuff she knows everybody she knows all the culture and she's kind of advising the king the whole time although he's at the forefront it's like the queen mother is back there like this right. is what you should really be doing king i know what i picture is like a the, the typical kind of kingdom where you got like a king in this throne and then the queen mother in the background and no, he, may, he may be like this is what we do and then you queen mother kind of walks up and like actually so, 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 so. So, so, so funny enough during like naming ceremonies and whatever we saw chiefs that's literally how it was mm -hmm. like the chief was sitting here and the queen mother was sitting right there mm -hmm. like other advisors and chiefs would be sitting next to him so yeah i think it's just very interesting again why you need to plug into the source and see this stuff and experience this stuff on your own it's because i think there's so many cultural parallels between what is still practiced and was practiced in Africa to what we do as African-Americans just either naturally or subconsciously. Mm -hmm. right, it's very interesting. Um, all right. Oh, what's going on, Tim? Hope you and the queen are doing well. Shout out to your podcast. Good stuff. Um, queen. Yes. Are you good on number three? I am. All right. Let's, let's go with number four out of the five reasons why you need to visit Africa or visit Ghana. Shout out to Niaji out there in Ghana. I miss you, man. Oh. I miss you, bro. It's good talks, good times. Go ahead. Oh, I'm reading number four? Yes, please. Number four is to feel the power of majority. Mm. So the king, literally the one of the first things that he said 
when he got in the car, I picked him up from LAX. He got in the car. And one of the first things he said after he gave me his hug and everything, oh, hi, mm-hmm. Queen, I miss you. Um, he was like, where are all the black people? Where they go? <laughs> and I was like, of course, I'm like, this looks about normal to what I've been seeing. It's right. not like we were, there was no black people around. You got the, tr- the little sprinkles. That was as we would normally see in Southern California. Right. But he came, I just imagined the culture shock. I could imagine the culture shock of literally you got on a plane where you are one of many. You are you are the majority. You are one of everybody else. Yeah. You get on a plane and you get off, and now you're back to this reality where we are six percent of the state, mm. right? And the wake up call that that may be providing you. So, yeah. from your experience, I mean, like? literally, the plane ride from New York to Ghana was probably ninety nine percent black, mm. probably seventy percent African. So already just getting on the plane, like it already feels different. Like this mm-hmm. is. This is the original soul plane. Right, right. Right here. You see the attitude that people are giving the stewardess. <laughs> you see how there is one child on the plane, but everybody is that child's parent. Mm. Like literally that child got yelled at probably like five different probably. queen mothers on the flight. It was hilarious. Um, but yeah, it was just a different, different vibe. And then when you get to Accra, you get to Ghana. 99% of the people are African or black or African diaspora. So it's just a different feel mm-hmm. right you look at all the buildings look at the buses everything is being run by africans by black people um there weren't people clutching their purse when i went into the mm-hmm. elevator right mm-hmm. I, no one was afraid of me right that's such a key it's, thing it's so small but it's not but it's not right but it's like when you walk around in america in la you know if people seem fearful like they'll mm-hmm. clutch their purse a little bit they'll grab on their wife they'll walk the other direction like there's weird, weird stuff but follow you in the stores they'll follow you around in stores but yeah in africa it was like your family you're you're here you're one of us no one seemed afraid the elevators were really small everyone seemed welcoming happy hey how you doing where are you going um yeah it's just interesting to not have to actively be aware of your blackness mm-hmm. so you can literally just be a human mm-hmm. you can just walk through restaurants hotels the streets of africa not at night still during the day it's still you know a place be smart now <laughs> but just be human don't yeah. worry about oh i'm a black man how am i looking like this uh are people judging me for my locks are people looking at my beard like am i walking too crazy it's just be mm-hmm. it was yeah it's just it's a different feeling to be in the majority to be surrounded by people who look like you and uh yeah good stuff so I do have some notes on that. Real quick, shout yeah. out to 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 Tim. Uh, he said he's taking notes from from both of us, hoping that we are having a blessed Sunday. Thank you, yes, thank sir. you, yes, sir. Oh, and we got oh, we got a lot do. Definitely a requirement. We're planning a trip as well. Yes, Whoa. love it, love it, love to see it. Um, one of the things that was what was coming to mind. Dang it! I was talking about being in the majority. Oh, oh, afraid. thank you. Thank you. I got you. So I was thinking about even the so like being a black person in America, the amount of stress it is just to be yourself, uh-huh. the amount of resistance, the amount of just stuff that we deal with just to exist uh-huh. that would be lifted again if we were part of a majority. Right. That 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 you said I could just be, just be. like we, we, we have no idea how much energy, how much mm. stress, how much time, effort, everything we put into just being here in this country. Mm. And you can imagine like, how, our, how would our health be? Mm. How would our lifespan be? How would our just 
productive output as a member of society be if we were allowed to just be as a, as, as a, as a black person here in America. So that man, that, that it's like crazy. There's so many layers to it, to just your identity. And we had a whole conversation too on like, what is it like? How did it actually feel to, to, to be a black person in America? Did you feel like, Oh man, I'm the American and like feel out of place. Or did you just feel, he was kind of like, I just was like, I was just another person. And it's like, how many, how often do we have the opportunity to feel that? Uh, like uh, for everybody listening, like think back to the last time that you just were, and you didn't have to have that hyper awareness, whether it's conscious or subconscious of, I am the only black person in this room, uh, or I am one of five or, um, you know, whatever it's, I feel like it's again, like you said, what is this person thinking of me? Oh, do they, do, am I making them uncomfortable? Like all of these little thoughts and microaggressions that happen throughout our day, um, yeah, it's just I'm. That's what I'm excited to 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 experience in all of the places where we're traveling. Is like, where do I feel the most at home? Like, where do natural. I feel the yeah, yeah most just natural where I can just be a person? Yeah. Yeah. So Du Bois has this. Uh, we got to go to Du Bois's museum. Um, he moved and, and died in Accra in eighteen nineteen sixty three, but. He has the concept of double consciousness mm. for African-Americans living in America, that we have these two identities that are constantly at war, right? We have our, our black self, our African self, our natural self, but then we also have the American side of us. And constantly these two identities are internally at war with each other. Mm-hmm. And it is our own dogged strength that stops us from being torn asunder. Mm-hmm. All right. Powerful stuff. But think about, if you didn't have to have that internal fight, like you were right. saying, how much energy does it take for our constantly. bodies constantly for our bodies, for our minds, for our spirits, not to rip apart because we're battling these two identities. Mm-hmm. So to be able to be in, in Ghana and, you know, I did feel still a little bit American, right? Because of the way I talked, the way that I dressed, like there was still that very slight tint of I'm a little bit different, but it was nowhere near mm-hmm. what I feel walking through Riverside, Marina Valley, Orange County, like it's just a completely different vibe. So I think, yeah, something that everybody need needs to experience. Um, Queen. Yes. Before we get into number five, Alondu, let us know where you're going in Africa. Tim, let us know where y'all want to travel in Africa. Let me see, see the spots and see if those are spots that we're also go to or places that we need to add to our list. Go ahead and drop them in the comments. Um, but before we get into number five. I want to get into our Ask Declare segment. And this is a question that came up during the trip. Um, I was wearing our Melanated Mary Millionaires in the Making shirt because we were about to do an episode. Uh, I was about to to call the Queens. I was, you know, rocking the swag. Um, But then someone was like, is a million dollars too much money? And this was coming from, from Trey. Mad respect. She's very creative, very entrepreneurship mindset visionary person like we have we're on the same wavelength on a lot of stuff except for (laughs) if a million dollars is is too much money for one person to to have Mm -hmm. um i think it was coming from you know we were in ghana in accra uh or at this point we were in cape coast and we were seeing how people live happy lives with nowhere close to a million dollars these are people who live literally right on the beach Mm. like steps away from the beach in california their real estate would be worth millions of dollars and they're just sitting there 
chilling, cooking up some fish, going out into the ocean, grabbing some fish, mm-hmm. like just living regular life on easily million dollars worth of, of real estate. But they seem happy. Mm-hmm. They seem content. So is a million dollars too much? Do you really need a million dollars? Queen. Queen. Yes. Answer the question. <laughs> My answer is no. Mm. Now, I think it does depend on the amount. I, I would, I'm not going to say that there is no amount of money that's too much. A billion dollars? Mm, arguable. Yeah. Arguable. Um, that it's too much for one person to to have because that's a lot of power too. Mm. Um, but a million dollars, in my very humble opinion, in today's society, I do not think, and in this country, in the state, that is not too much money. Now, going back to some lyrics that I like to quote you on, and I want to get them right this time. Because your boy got bars. Money only multiplies the motives that's inside. Of you. Of you. Yes. Okay. All right. I got to write that time. Um, so. Left side with a scheme looking for a roof. Money only multiplies the motives that's inside of you. So if you as a person have shady motives. Maybe you don't need a million dollars because it's going to be a lot of power. And if you're going to do bad with $50, you're going to do <laughs> even more bad with a million dollars. If you got a bad scheme with $50, yeah, you're, you're it's an not evil looking genius. good for you, right? But if you are a person with good intentions who puts good out into the world with $50, mm. then you are only going to put more good out into the world with a million dollars. So I don't think, I feel like that mindset kind of comes from the fear of, or from the old mindset that money is the root of all evil. Mm. And that is, uh, I, I love that E.T., E.T., shout out to E.T., he he kind of corrects this and that that's kind of a misquote of what the Bible was trying to say. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of people get that. It's actually the love of money that is the root of all evil. Mm. Um, but money itself is just a tool. It is just a tool to get an exchange of services, an exchange of information, right? So it is a tool to multiply to to multiply the motives that are inside of you. Literally. So again, I do think that there are certain people out there who should not have access to that much money because again, they're going to use it for shady purposes. They're going to be trying to get over on people. They're going to be trying to uh, you know, stifled community communities of, of people. But to those out there who are trying to uh do good into the world, there's a lot a lot of good, a lot of good mm-hmm. that can be done with a million dollars. We were just talking about ET, right? He sends people to college. Yep. He, you know, uh, helps people with with medical bills. Like he, yep. he does all of these things that he would not be able to do if he didn't have access to that money. So, and as a nutshell, my answer is no. A million dollars is not too much for a person with good motives. <laughs> oh yeah, agreed. Uh, y'all, let us know what you think about that. Is a million dollars too much, or is it too little? How much how much money is enough? Mm-hmm. Right. I see a lot of comments coming in. Queen, yes. if you would do us the honors. So Mr. Tan says, I went to Kenya and Uganda mm. the summer of 2021. Kenya can be a little bit more touristy. You'll see uh, more Asians and whites in the city, but in the village and outskirts, you'll feel truly grounded and at home. Nice. Good nice. To know. Good to know. It's the east side. Good stuff. And then. Uh, I'll just put it. Is that an ear or is that a light bulb? It's a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> it's out of ear. <laughs> uh, so it's a light bulb, probably oh, to the axe to clear. Oh yeah. Um, so get get into number five. You didn't answer the question for yourself. Oh yeah, I I agree with you one hundred percent. I feel like it's 
definitely not too much money, especially if you have good intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, one of one of my mentors, Fluke Fluker, we were having a conversation. Um, we were doing the Village Nation Unicamp this summer, and he was just like, not not in regards to money, but in regards to blessings. He was like, "Why? I don't understand why God has blessed me so much. Mm-hmm. There's so many other people that God could be blessing, but instead, He blesses me, and I don't I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. And like I was trying to break it down to him, He blesses you." Because he knows you're going to bless other people. Right. Right. Uh, God knows that once you get your blessings, you're going to give it to these kids at the Village Nation. You're going to give mentorship to to young people growing up. And then that blessing now multiplies. Mm-hmm. Right. So same thing with money. If You see money as a tool. You see money as a blessing. It's given to people, I think, who are going to multiply it. Mm-hmm. We're going to be a blessing to other people. So. Yeah, for me, a million dollars, ten million dollars, a billion dollars would all get used virtually the same way. It's going to go towards creating stuff. So it'll go towards scholarships. It'll go towards uh, giving people opportunities and jobs. It'll go towards building community and safe spaces. So I don't think a million dollars is is too much personally. And we have another person weighing in here before we get off of the declare. I love, mm. I love, I love the active participation oh, yeah. in this episode. Uh, so Tim says, "Enough is relative." A million is plenty to live and invest if you're a 20-year-old TikTok influencer with no debt or children. But for a five-person family, it won't stretch very far. Mm. I think that's true, especially if you're thinking about generational wealth. Like a million dollars is not that much if you're thinking about what you're going to be able to pass down to your kids, how much college is costing these days, like how much it costs you buy a house in certain certain places. Like it's really not in a crazy amount of money. I will add to that, that it does depend on where you live and you can make the conscious decision to be like, okay, I got a million dollars. I can ball out in Calabasas Mm -hmm. or I can really ball out and I can move to Ghana. Mm -hmm. I can move to Zanzibar. I can move to Kenya. And then now that million dollars stretches you that much more. Right. Right. Um, Speaking of which going, going to number five, love, love the engagement. Let's keep it going. Going to number five, and this kind of ties into the uh, the line that you brought up. Left side with a scheme looking for a roof. Money only multiplies the motives that's inside of you. When I wrote that, it was left side of the United States, California, looking for a roof, looking for real estate, looking to invest. Mm-hmm. Money only multiplies the motives that's inside of you. We want to build schools. We want to build communities. And that's the motive. So the more money that we get, the more we're able to multiply the things that are coming from us. But it's interesting how that same line applies when I was in Africa, Mm. left side of Africa, literally was still looking for a roof. Money only multiplies. It literally multiplied Mm. from coast to coast, out to west to west. Right. So I just wanted to pat myself on the back for that amazing (laughs) triple entendre. You are are a lyricist. Me me and Jay-Z, we're going toe for toe. (laughs) (laughs) We're going toe for toe. Papo did. Look at now. Alondu also agrees a million is not enough. Hey, get to the bag alone, dude. Let's go. Especially if you have children, investing in them, traveling, Mm -hmm. investing in yourself and others, business ventures, service projects, food. Service projects. Love it. It's not too much. Um, So number five is going to Africa so that you can see the impact that you can have and the investment opportunities that are on the continent. Mm -hmm. Right. Talking about service projects. It's. Uh, it's a double-edged sword for me, Queen, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, because I want to give back to the community that I come from just because I have a direct connection to it. But at the same time, 
I also come from Africa in a sense. And there's so much direct impact that you can have at a quicker rate than in America. Mm. Right. So for example, university of Cape coast, one of the top institutions in Ghana tuition, there is tuition and room and board 450 CDs a year, which is, which is $45 a year. So four or five, four or five, no zeros after no zeros, 45, which again, relative, relative right over there. That may be a lot of money, but humbly coming from here, it's like we could afford to put 10 students a year through university, mm-hmm. right? It's $450 a year. You can't do that in America. Mm-hmm. $450 a year to a student is buying them one chemistry book. Literally. Literally. Like the impact is just one used chemistry, one book. used organic chemistry book that they're still going to need paid tutoring for to even pass. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's, it's rough out here. Um, so I, I'm, I'm conflicted a little bit because again, my, I, I want to give directly to folks of the diaspora here in America, but it's just crazy to see how much of a 10 X impact you can have. If you give those same amount of funds and energy to someone in Ghana, someone in Africa. Um, any thoughts on that before I keep going? I really thought it just doesn't have to be either or. I feel like if you're talking about, I only have $450, where do I put it? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it might go along. Uh, it might go a long way. What's my budget, Sinclair? I, stop. Um, but <laughs> I'm not about to give you a, a number live here on the podcast. So you can be budget? like, you said, let me go back to the recording. <laughs> no. Uh, um, but... <laughs> but you can definitely do both. Like I now I definitely think you're you should focus your efforts, right? Maybe right. timeline. I'm gonna start here and then eventually mm-hmm. with with the with the return that I get in this project, right? Reinvest that into Ghana or vice versa. Mm-hmm. But I think you can definitely do both. Gotcha. With that, with that being said, um, there are plenty of real estate opportunities when you go to Africa or Ghana, um, land relatively cheap compared to buying in California or in America period. Um, or again, service project, like Alondu was talking about donating school supplies to a local school, being able to donate living supplies and just clothes to, to a family. Like you can have such an impact there. Um, even if it's giving like donating the clothes that you would have gave to a thrift store, right. Instead of donating the clothes to a thrift store, packing that stuff up, sending your shoes, your suits, your jacket, your ties, all that stuff, and being able to send it to folks within Ghana, within Africa, you're making an impact. So that's another reason why I think it's important to touch down is to be able to see the privilege and resources and abundance that you do have coming from America and seeing, okay, how can I multiply my blessings and give back to folks that are on the continent? It's what what's coming to mind for me is that I feel like in order for the African diaspora to really like uplift and continue to progress, mm-hmm. it's going to take like us helping each other out. Right. 100%. So for African-Americans, for us over here where we do have maybe um, just access to more resources. Right. For for those who are well off, where they have access to more capital. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that can be useful for folks over over who don't have access to that types of thing over on the motherland, but vice versa. There's a lot of cultural, a lot of cultural resources, a lot of cultural currency that they have over there that we're not quite tapped to tapped into over here. I feel like if they were able to even just again, teach us 
about where we come from, right? Teach us the history, teach us the things like you just said about like queen mothers and things like that. Yeah. That can do a lot for us over here as well, oh, right? Yeah. To just raise our consciousness for us to really feel um, that confidence of where we come from in our history. Yeah. So man, that that exchange, if we can just continue mm -hmm. that exchange and multiply, uh, uh, what's the word, or magnify that exchange, we are going to be- Amplify. Amplify, thank you. Amplify that exchange we are going to be unstoppable. 100%. And that is the vision of IMI, mm -hmm. right? Being able to have that cultural capital exchange, that intellectual property exchange, and the literal capital and resources exchange between folks in America and folks on the continent. So I'm very excited for what IMI, Institute of Melanated Innovation, is going to do moving forward. Um, definitely re re-energize for that purpose, that mission. Uh, it was great to get connected with Ni Ajiri, with Ni Tete, because they have just, again, wisdom mm -hmm. being poured in. Like, literally, this man, Ni Tete, I, I promise you, can be a professor. Aww. Like, the amount of history that that man knows, the African spirituality that he knows, and just his, his presence, he could literally be a PhD professor at any institution mm -hmm. in America. Uh, if he chooses to be so it's just yeah there's so much wisdom even Gideon one of our other tour guys like this man answered every question that we had and you know I'd be asking right deep deep out of the box questions and they were like oh well boom um so yeah just amazing amount of knowledge and cultural capital uh to your point Cliff. Just, uh, if we can get get that connected and get yes. that exchange formalized or informally like no no stopping the diaspora yeah um, so those are the five reasons why I believe you should visit Africa, any point, whether it's Kenya, Uganda, Ghana, Nigeria, Ethiopia, Kemet. At some point, you should touch down to the planet, touch down to the continent and plug into the source. Um, Queen, we are going to have the privilege, the honor of going back to the motherland, this time taking the beautiful queen herself. You're not a queen mother yet, but you know, you'll get there someday. That's good. You know, I got to give something to work up to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, which is interesting because like never in do we think there was something above a queen. Right, right. The, no, I'm the queen. Yeah, queen mother. Um, but queen, can you tell folks the different spots in Africa that we plan to visit next year? Yes. So we are going to be tapping into Zanzibar. Beautiful. Tanzania beautiful yes it's man if you uh it's a little island off of the east coast of, of africa and it is yeah beautiful at least from the pictures uh, we'll let you know how it is once we go there but my pictures and videos it looks like water like clear bluest i've ever seen in my life i'm excited to go and like snorkel but also even just the culture within mm. zanzibar looks amazing right it looks like kind of like a Africa, but then you got the island life kind of built in there. So yeah, I'm just really excited to tap into the culture, oh, no. go to Stonestown, visit the the spice farms. Like, yeah, super excited for that. Mm. Um, and then we're also going to go to Cape Town, which is the southernmost part of, of Africa. So we're going to go to the southern tip as well. And eventually we will definitely make it back to Ghana. Yes, we will. Best believe. Because the queen has to go through her naming ceremony. Yes, yes. But that's where we're going hit, to be hitting next year. So very excited to to do that. That's definitely my like the, the the legs of the trip that I'm most excited for. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so if you have any suggestions for Zanzibar, Tanzania or Cape Town, 
definitely make sure you, you hit us up on Instagram or just go ahead and leave a comment right here on the video, whether it's spaces that we need to see, museums, if you have locals that you mm. know, right, that we can tap in with for, for tours, for cooking lessons, dancing lessons, anything like that. Am I, am I speaking your language? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So make sure you go ahead and tap us in with the folks on the ground out there. Uh, and then before we get into updates, wanted to give again a huge shout out to Talking Drums Tours from Abba Jerry, uh, who was able to put this whole thing together for us. So if you're looking for an opportunity to visit Ghana, they're going back in what were those dates I sent you. Was it February and June? Something like that. Yeah, they're they're going back to Ghana. So you can tap in that talking drum tours. And then of course you can also tap into our friends over at West to West. They do the same thing. They go to Ghana every December and August, I believe. Um, but again, two amazing people, two amazing groups that can just give you a great experience yeah. in the motherland. And I think some people's hesitation before going there is like, I don't know where to start. Um, so that it's good to kind of go with a group like that, that can kind of walk you through what you need to do, right? The visa applications, all those types of things have a kind of a guide or a host uh, throughout your trip. So definitely recommend that. 100%. Um, okay. I'm getting into updates for the week, other than Devon being back home with the amazing queen. Um, updates, queen, go ahead and handle with it. I need to do, all I got is Rose and Rock. So you can Feel do free. It. Okay. Uh, so yes, we still have our Rose and Rodney, the Black History Adventures of Rose and Rodney Fund Black Founders campaign going mm -hmm. on. So if this is the first time you're hearing about it, we took the same history that was used to create Black Wall Street, the board game, and use it to create a children's book so that younger kids um, can still uh, have access to this history, still be learning this history and get that, you know, get those conscious lessons mm -hmm. that they can learn from this history early on. Um, and now we're turning that children's book into an animated series so that right on your TV screens at home, your kids, your younger, your younger scholars can be learning this history, learning about, you know, the basic principles of entrepreneurship and things like that. Um, so Rose, Rodney, their siblings, they go back in time to Black Wall Street and you definitely want your kids to be able to tap into what happens uh, yeah. while they're there. So uh, we got a, a active campaign going at fundblackfounders.com slash playblackwallstreet and whatever you can donate is going to help us out so that we can uh, turn this uh, into a full season. We want to yes. do a full episode, uh, eight episode season um, so that, you know, we, we're giving as much value to the, to the young scholars out there as possible. So it, you yourself, please go to our website, go to the funblackfounders.com slash playblackwallstreet. You can also go to just playblackwallstreet.com. Mm -hmm. We have it there as well. Uh, a link to the uh, campaign and watch the video, share it with anybody who's, who you think will also support the project. Yes, again, reiterating, go to playblackwallstreet.com right there on the homepage. You can go ahead and support the campaign today and you do get rewards, right? So you can just donate if you would like to, or you can receive board games, you can receive custom game pieces, you can receive special invitations to screenings, and you can even get producer credit on the episode so make sure you go to playblackwallstreet.com click support rose and rodney campaign and see the rewards that you can get um i'm even more energized about just my purpose and education and creating after going to, to ghana because there's so much that even african culture doesn't know about african culture or african-american mm -hmm. history right so being able to have 
great conversations with Nia Jiri, teaching him about Tulsa's Black Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Right? He was like, oh, have you heard about Tulsa's Black Wall Street? No, I haven't. Right. Just like in America, our students aren't learning it. In Africa, they're also not learning it. They're not learning about Black Panthers. They're not learning about wow. Seneca Village. They're not learning about these things in their classroom. Like some of them, like Nitete and Gideon, learn about it outside. But inside of the actual curriculum, we have to understand that Ghana was colonized by the British mm. and their school system is still a colonized curriculum, right? So there's the same no, issue, the same educational issues that we deal with in America. They literally are still dealing with on the continent of Africa, which is it's, it's crazy. So not only can Rose and Rodney help you know teach people in America about the history of Tulsa Black Wall Street, but cartoons, music is universal it's universal right so no matter where you are in the world being able to tap into this animated series being able to tap into the book i was able to give away a few books while i was over there i didn't record it or anything but y'all know i gave away some books it was it was fun um but yeah being able to teach not only african americans but africans jamaicans haitians african diaspora folks all around the world about the history of tulsa black wall street is just yeah it gives me a little bit more energy but (laughs) Again, the full vision of Rose and Rodney is to not just stay in America. Eventually, they are going to the kingdom of Mali, mm-hmm. which is West Africa. Eventually, they are going to go to Kemet, which is East Africa, now known as Egypt. So not only is this series going to teach Black history, African-American history, but eventually, as y'all continue to rock with us, continue to support, continue to tell friends, we're literally going to be able to tell the story of other kingdoms all throughout the world. Powerful. So if you can't tell, I'm excited <laughs> about the Black History of Rose and Rodney. I'm definitely going to have to go on a walk, meditate, chillax a little bit after this. Um, but yeah, I'm just very, very excited for the the potential that this cartoon and other creative ways that we're teaching Black history and finances can have on generations to come. Facts. So again, if you if you weren't convinced yet, if you, <laughs> if you didn't go to the website yet, go to playblackwallstreet.com. Right on the homepage. Why are you support still here? Rose and Rodney. Wait, right. Stop listening to me. Go, <laughs> go to the page and support the campaign. Uh, once we reach $5,000, which right now we're at $4,200, we are going to do a school supplies giveaway. Um, whether we do the school supplies giveaway at a school in Ghana or we do it in a school in America could be up for vote, up for debate. But long story short, once we get to $5,000 raised, we will then start planning our school supply giveaway <sighs> all right i'm done queen <laughs> i'm done pull, pull me out jayid pull me out all oh, right this was a good one this, this was, was one. this was a good one hopefully you are convinced motivated inspired to visit the homeland um, and other places all around the world to tap into your source and to be inspired mm-hmm. to follow your purpose my name is Devon Travell, creator of Black Wall Street, the board game. And I'm Sinclair, a.k.a. The Health Nerd. We hope yours, you secure the marriage. We hope you secure the love. And of course, we hope you secure the, the bag. bag. Peace, y'all. Thank you. Thank you for supporting the M4 show and our mission to increase the wealth of Black families you received any value from this episode any value at all any 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 do us a favor and give us a like and subscribe on youtube and apple spotify and anything all of them all, them. all of them wherever you're listening <laughs> go ahead and like and subscribe 
And after you like and subscribe, make sure you send this episode to at least one family that you really want to see win. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace.